0: Okay, I think we're live. It is February 15, 2021. Exciting times. This is the first official episode of Apostasy, the Apostasy Show. And I've been looking forward to this for a long time. It's been five years since I was doing a proper weekly live stream. Five, Half a decade, can you believe that? And so we've had a couple of pilot episodes over the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But this is the first official episode. Now, it's still early days, we still haven't got a proper intro theme and uh, some of the uh, rough edges still have to be sorted out over the next couple of weeks, but in terms of this series, I'm very excited about where it's going. Of course, we're streaming through YouTube at the moment, also being simulcast via the Dark Matter Digital Network in conjunction with the Infinite Plane Society, and you can get access to all of our episodes, the past two episodes and all future episodes at apostasy.com and you can get the first hour at dark matter digital network who's streaming there very happy to be doing so now what we have to do just like always is just make sure that the audio is coming through okay so let's find out very much hey hi john hold on let me just go and double check here don't have producers here guys so you have to uh sort this stuff out society well it seems like it's coming through clear which i'm very happy about so let me know in the live stream chat if everything is going well. We've got a lot to talk about today. Good, it's gracious me. Let's get to the uh, let's get to the business end. We're going to talk about apostasy and what I'm planning to do with this show going forward. We'll talk a little bit about the past two episodes, the pilot episodes. Which if you haven't heard them yet, I recommend you go and check them out. Yes, they were just pilots. They were a little bit more off the cuff than we we're expecting to be over the next uh, next period of time. We plan to make these shows a bit more professional going forward. But even though they were just pilots, I still think they were fantastic. So go and check those out. Links in the info box below. we'll talk about those a little bit. We're going to talk more about 37 things normies believe. Because in the pilot episodes and in this episode and this couple of episodes, what I want to do is set the scene for you. For those of you who are not familiar with the John LeBond concept and what I call real skepticism, I want to give you guys an idea of what I'm trying to do with my website, with my podcast, with my videos, with my articles. What is it that I'm trying to do? Because some people think that I've uh, I've got it all figured out and I'm trying to tell the world what to believe. That's not the case. Some people think that I'm just being satirical or that I'm just trying to troll people. That is not quite the case, although whenever you do hundreds of hours of content, every now and then you'll make a video where you are just taking the piss out of something. That's to be expected. And a lot of the stuff I talk about, I try and make a delineation between the logic and the rhetoric. So sometimes you'll hear me say something that, you'll think, what? He can't really believe that. You might be listening to the rhetoric of what I'm doing, but there's an underlying logic. And so I try and make it clear to people, here's the evidence I've got, here's the conclusion I've come to. I might convey that conclusion rhetorically in a way to make an impact, say with the headlines of videos or the way that I present my ideas in my videos. But there's an underlying logic there, which is the more important thing. Sometimes the rhetoric can be taken the wrong way. So I want to make it clear to people what it is that I'm trying to do here. I also want to talk a little bit about Tim Osman of the Infinite Plane Society. Now, I've never met Tim in real life. I don't know this person uh, personally in the, in the so-called real world. However, I've been following his work closely now for about 18 months, I want to say. I was in Hanoi, Vietnam, when Abdefecologist started promoting Tim. So that would have been about the end of 2019, sort of now. Yeah, about between a year and 18 months, I've been following his work Fairly closely. I've chatted with him maybe five or six times now. Pardon me, on the air. Maybe five or six times now. And I've gotten to know, between listening to him and uh, seeing what he's doing and chatting with him, I think I've got a fair idea of what he's trying to do, and I support it completely, which is why I'm so happy to be here at the Dark Matter Digital Network, being simulcast there as we speak. Because I think if more people try and support what Tim is doing, this could be something very special. There's a number of digital networks out there. And some of them do good work and they've got some nice shows and what have you. I'm not here to to crap on any other digital networks, but I think those of us who are aware of media fakery, if we wanted to, if we put in the time, the effort, if we shared our time, our talents, our treasure, I think we could help Tim take his network to the top. And that's exactly where I think it belongs. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Now I'll be playing your voicemail messages on this series. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to most. I can play your voicemails. So during the week, at any time, for free, you can just go along to apostasy.com, the voicemail page, and leave a recording, up to three minutes. At the moment, I've set the limit at three minutes. I can set the limit up to five minutes on the plan that I'm on. I had to pay a small amount of money to, uh, to use this service, but I think it's worth it. And I've already got two voicemails with, what, less than 24 hours notice. Two people have already left a voicemail. I'll be playing those voicemails tonight and going through uh, what they have to say in giving my take on the matter of course i uploaded a video talking about that earlier on so i can play those voicemails through that and then i want to play two of my favorite clips of all time i've played both of these probably probably dozens of times each on various podcasts and videos that i've made but to this day they're my favorite clips when it comes to what i call media fakery and since this is the first official episode of the series it would be remiss of me not to play these clips so we've got a lot to talk about today and we've got to try and do most of this in just one hour. Now, of course, there is an after show, but I want to get through all of this in the first hour, the first official hour. Now, it has been, like I said, half a decade since I was doing regular weekly live streams. So you will, And I don't have a producer here. So you will have to forgive me if there's some technical difficulties or uh, if occasionally my voice goes all frog mode. I have got a glass of water, beautiful Bulgarian water with me. Speaking of which, just give me a second. But the thing about talking, especially when you don't have a co-host or a special guest with you, the thing about talking is, it's like anything. When you're in the habit of doing it, it comes naturally, and you get better at it with practice. But when you haven't done it regularly for a long time, it takes a while to get back in the groove. But so far, so good. So why don't we go and take a look at the live stream chat comments. And what I'll do is, I'll bring this up on the main screen, in case I haven't already... No, I haven't already, right? Let me bring this up on the screen. You should be able to see this. Now, of course, I've I've tried to focus this work as an audio presentation. So what you're uh, watching right now, uh, either live or on delay, will be available as an MP3 to to download. And so even though those who are watching will get to see what's on the screen, if you're more of an audio listener, which is the case for me, I listen to podcasts, I don't really sit down and watch live streams. Even things like, say, Joe Rogan Podcast, where... He's on camera for two or three hours. I never sit there and watch it for two, no way, that's just not me, I'm a listener. So all of these presentations will be more based on uh, the audio rather than the visual. But with that being said, because the first hour is being streamed through YouTube, we can take a look at some things as well, but I'll do my best to explain them to the listener so you're not missing anything if you are a listener rather than a viewer. So let's go through the live stream chat. Welcome all the people who've come out. Uh, Infinite Plan Society is there himself. Good to see you there. One Trick Pony, Osha, Danny Hill. What a time to be alive, he says. Yes, indeed. Ifepi73, A4. History buried in the live stream chat. Good to see him there. call Day23, Infinite Jack. There's a lot of people from the Penguin crew over at the Infinite Plane Society. And I might as well talk about this right off the bat. Tim Osman runs his Infinite Plane Society. You can join their Discord. You can join their uh, Patreon for $2 US per month. I'm a member. I think I'm on the $5 a month uh, tier, which is nothing. And with that, you get access to the Tim Osman uh, IPS Discord, which is a meme factory, okay? If you like to laugh, if you like fun, if you like to see people. I mean, it's almost absurdist, uh, post-modernist humor going on over there in a metal way. And uh, personally, I think it's very, very uh, worth the $2 a month. I mean, it's, that's, that's nothing for what you get. Why not sign up for just one month and if at the end of the month, you're like, JLB was JLB was full of shit, mate. This isn't worth my two bucks, well then just cancel, it's easy. But I do recommend you go and check that out. So let's go through the live stream comments, just a couple more. We've got Mushroom Management says hello. Jenna Lovecraft says the Penguin Crew. Linda Curtis is there, Seabass is there. We'll be hearing from Bass in just a moment. He was one of the people who left a comment on that voicemail. And let me say this one more time. This is a super easy thing to use. You go to the page, you click Start Recording. It'll start recording straight away. You record for up to three minutes. It then lets you play back what you recorded. So if you don't like it, you can just scrap it. But if you do like it, press send. I then get an email with the MP3 file. And then I can play it during the show. And my hope is that going forward, that'll become one of the centerpieces of this series here at apostasyshow.com or apostasy.com, I should say. This'll be one of the, the centerpieces of it is me playing your thoughts, your ideas, your questions. What do you think about this? Let us know. Let the world know. You can be you can kind of be anonymous too, like you don't have to put your so called real name in there. Yeah, you do have to put some name so I've got something to refer to you as, but you can put whatever you want. Just put your thoughts out there. And if you some people, you know, they, they're a bit timid, they don't want to put their voice out there. Guess what? We've got a mailbag. You go to the mailbag and just leave a comment. Text version. And again, you do have to put a name there so I can refer to you as something. It doesn't have to be your quote unquote real name if you want to remain uh, relatively quote unquote anonymous. Of course, is anything really anonymous on the internet? That's another question for another day. So let's get into the fun then. I wanted to talk briefly about the last two pilot episodes. Thanks for all the positive feedback I received about those two pilot shows. Tim Osman joined me for one of them. And um, there was a, the first hour and the, the after show. There's about four hours of content already done as part of the pilot. And uh, that helps me to get into the swing of doing the live stream. Gave me an idea of like, what do I wanna do with this show? You know, what do I want to do with this show? I did the Baller Skeptic Roundtable five years ago. That blows me away. I used to do the Sunday sessions and the ARP with the three live streams I used to do. But it's been so long and so much has happened since then. I started off as a live streamer before I ever made a single YouTube video as John LeBond, before I ever wrote a single article as John LeBond, before I ever uh, did anything, before there even was a JohnLeBond.com. In fact, before I even was John LeBond, back when I was just Jono from the ARP, I was a live streamer back when live streams and Google Hangouts were still relatively new on YouTube. And so to finish all of that, uh, we started at the end of September, October 2014. Then we basically finished at the end of uh, 2015. So in the four, four and a half years since then, obviously I've become more of a so-called YouTuber. I think I've made about a thousand YouTube videos now. I write articles for johnlabond.com. And uh, I'm a podcaster. I record podcasts with guests take the time to edit them, make them sound nice and beautiful, and then I publish them. To go back to live, quote-unquote radio, live streaming, where it's just whatever happens, happens. You can't go back and edit something out. You know, If something doesn't sound good, or if there's some dead air, or if your voice goes frog mode, too bad. This is live broadcasting. It's actually kind of exciting for me to go back, kind of like um, going back to the future, you know what I mean? Going back to my roots. This is how it all started. Not worrying too much about the, not being too pedantic about the so-called production values, just get there, read the comments, read the emails, play the clips, give your thoughts, have some fun. This is uh, pretty exciting for me, I have to say. So uh, I hope you guys are excited as well. This should be a lot of fun. Like I said, if this is all new, check those links in the info box. You can listen to both of the pilot episodes. Back then, I was just calling this the the live show. I didn't think of a name for it yet. I came up with apostasy yesterday, actually, and uh, we might talk about that later on. 37 Things normies believe. So in the first two pilot episodes, I went through 10 of the 37 things normally believe and gave my basic take on it. Now, this is an article that I wrote back in 20, is it 2017, 2016, a long time ago, bro. Yeah, end of 2016. And basically what I was doing was I was exploring what do people believe, what did I used to believe? Why did I used to believe it? And is there some reason that we should maybe question what we think we know on these topics? And you'll hear me reiterate this point many, many times I refer to the normies as normies in a in a nice way, in a loving way. I don't think I'm better. I'm a better human being than the normies. In fact, I know for a fact that lots of the normies are better people than me. They're more, uh, firstly, they're more happy, which is the most important thing, I think. But secondly, they might be more peaceful. Some of them are more successful financially, socially, um, in terms of sport. I mean, all the things are important. Some of the normies are doing better than me. Many of them are. I know that for a fact. So I'm not saying that I'm better than them. And uh, moreover, we need a world of normies. And this is going to be one of the things that we explore, one of the meta elements of this of this series, is this idea of these people out there putting out this idea that, oh, we have to wake everyone up. And it's like, okay, let's just pretend that you are awake. For argument's sake, let's pretend that I'm awake. Why would we want to, why would I want to wake up the so-called normies? Let's just pretend that you can, which is another contestable notion. Let's just pretend that you can. Why would you want? <laughs> if you met a normie who believes that you know, JFK. Who's his name? Uh, JFK. We chose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. All right? They believe that that dude started a space mission. They believe that that dude got uh, shot. Yeah, by was it Lee Harvey Oswald in uh, Texas one day? Was it Dallas, Texas? I think. If they believe that, but they're happy. They're happy enough. They they wake up. They hit the snooze button on their alarm. They sleep there for another ten or fifteen minutes. They get up, have breakfast, brush their teeth, have a shower, uh, jump in a car, listen to you know, radio, listen to that nonsense, ah, blah, 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 blah. Ah, You know, all the fake laughter, all the scripted nonsense that is uh, radio. They get to work, they do their job, they buy a couple of beers on the way home, get a call from the wife to pick up some, some milk and bread on the way home or whatever. They get home, watch a couple, watch a game of football, drink some beer. Uh, You know, listen to the kid tell them about how, oh, Dad, today at at school we learned, but oh, that's great, you know. If that person is happy, (laughs) if he is happy, why the hell would I want to try and change his paradigm, right? Why would I want to do that? Now, some of you will come back to me and say, oh, but he's not really happy. How do you know that, right? Or you'll come back and you'll say, oh, but we we need to wake them up to stop the evil elite. That's another thing, that's another thing that I'm going to be contesting over the course of this series, is this idea that some people have, that there's a battle going on between good and evil, and somehow, if we just wake up enough of the normies, right, we're gonna... If you want to believe that stuff, I'm cool with that. Just like I'm cool with people believing that, that Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, okay? I'm cool with that. Like Believe whatever you I'm cool, guys. Honestly, I'm cool with people believing what they want, and hopefully... People can be cool with me believing what I want. This is a live stream presentation. This is me sitting here behind my Blue Yeti mic, my Acer Aspire laptop, with my glass of beautiful Bulgarian tap water. Oh, guys, you should check out the tap water here. It doesn't have a smell. It's like... It's like... um, Water from a, a pristine, pure creek running down the river. Which, by the way, for all I know, that's where they get this water. I mean, it comes out of my tap. I don't know where it comes from. I'm in this little ski town in the south... West of uh, Bulgaria. Where the hell is this water treated? Maybe it isn't. Maybe this water is actually straight from the creek. I don't know. But I tell you what, man. When you've come from Australia with our heavily chlorinated and fluoridated water to drink this kind of tap water. And then you spend two years in Asia. There are parts of Asia you can't drink the tap water. Guess what? I just spent two years there. To come to a place where not only can you drink the tap water, but it's like drinking like uh, spring water. Oh my God. the Beautiful. beautiful stuff okay so with that all out of the way why don't we take a look at another couple of the things that normies believe let's focus on history now shall we so this is items 11 and 12 and we are looking at an article that you can check out at johnabon.com completely for free 37 things normies believe it is one of the top links on the website so one of the things that normies believe is that characters like plato and strabo were real people who existed thousands of years ago Yeah, so you see, Billy, uh, you go to school, you read books, and you're going to learn about how people used to live in the long, long ago. How long ago? Thousands of years. Thousands of years ago, there was ancient Egyptians. Guess what? They built the pyramids, okay? And they had pharaohs who were kind of like kings, but they didn't act like they were kings. They acted like they were gods. And all the people below them treated them like gods. And whenever the pharaohs walked around, they used to get on their feet and they used to put their head to the ground and put their hands out in front of them. And uh, they, they thought that they were in the presence of gods. Mm-hmm. And then what would happen is when these uh, gods would die, because for some reason, even though they were gods, they still died, these people would then embalm the kings. okay, And they would they would turn these king pharaoh things into mummies. Yes. And you know what? There's a mummy tour coming to our local city in a couple of months. Let's go and pay the entry fee and go and see the mummies. Yeah, right? That's what people believe. And then you've got characters like Plato. Oh, guys, you know, uh, humans used to be non-civilized and non-intelligent, but then a few thousand years ago, guys like Plato came along in the part of the world that we now refer to as Greece. And they used to uh, sit around and think very, very smart thoughts. They have very intelligent conversations. And they developed the field that we now know as philosophy. Philo meaning love, and sophie meaning thought, or logic, or um, what would you say, communication. You know, sophie is in sophistry, this kind of thing. I'm not an etymologist. But that's basically what they were doing. They loved knowledge. They loved thought, they loved thinking. They were the philosophers, the great philosophers. And Plato, God bless his soul, he came up with a lot of good stuff, right? Strabo as well, all these people. Herodotus, the first ever historian, okay? He was the one who who made history what we know it today. He came up with this idea of history, as we call it today, right? Now, this is what people truly believe, that we, today, know what was happening thousands of years ago. That's what people believe. That's what I used to believe. But then something happened a few years ago, guys. Something happens that shook me to the depths of my miserable soul. What I decided to do was to... Double-check these stories. So suppose you've got a book at your local library, and it's, uh, say, 20, 30 years old. It was published in, say, 1990, 1995, or something like that. And it's about, for argument's sake, the ancient Egyptians. For argument's sake, right? You can read that book, and what it is saying might be true. But how do you know? Well, they will usually have references and footnotes and this kind of thing. So it might say, for argument's sake, King Tut became the king when he was, I don't know, 14 years old, whatever the story is, right? that claim that they're making. They might have a good source for that. What's the source? So you check and it says they got that information from this book from 1950. Okay, the the comprehensive works of ancient Egyptian literature or something, right? I'm just making these names up, but you get the idea. So you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna find that book. So you do the digging and you find that book and you're like, right, I wanna, because obviously this is from, if this is from 1950, we're still, we're still a couple thousand years removed from the event. I wanna know who documented it at the time and it subsequently made its way to us in this book, all right? So you get that book, and it says, it says oh, King Tartt became king when he was 14. like, ah oh, see, it does say that in this book. But what's their evidence? And it says, oh, we got this information from an 1850 translation of blah, 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 from Oxford Press. And you're like, oh, okay, so that's from 1850. I'm going to track that book down. So you take the time to track down the book. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Thanks to the internet, thanks to the uh, internet archive and the Wayback Machine and these kinds of things that we have available to us, it's very easy to do this research if you want to, especially with this plethora of books available thanks to the uh, Internet Archive. So you can get the PDF of this book from, say, 1850. So you download the book from 1850, and you're like, right, we're still a few thousand years removed from the event. I want to know how they know that King Tut uh, became king when he was 14 or whatever the story is. They must have a, a source from an historian at the time written in hieroglyphs or something and has been passed down. Like, where is the where's the original claim come from? That's what we're looking for, right? So we get to this book from the 1850s, we go through the thing and we're reading it and it says, oh, King Tut became the king at 14. Like, great, what's your source? And they do not have a source. And it's like, well, hold on. What are you talking about? What, you know, you're from 18, you wrote this book in 1850 for argument's sake. You weren't there thousands of years ago when King Tut supposedly became king. Now maybe he did, but you weren't there. What's your source? Now check this out. When you go through this process, which by the way, almost nobody does. And I mean, almost nobody. When you go through this process, you will hit a brick wall or what we call at JohnTheBond.com, the wireframe mesh. You go back a few books, and it usually only takes two or three books, sometimes four or five. It can be a laborious process. But if you go through this process, eventually, you're going to hit a wireframe mesh. You're going to hit a wireframe mesh. You're going to hit the end. There is no, there's no more sources. It goes back a couple hundred years. That's it. That's it. Now, I know this sounds so hard to believe because there's all these historians and you've seen all these documentaries. And of course, unbeknownst to you, you have been programmed uh, from the time you were very young to believe a whole bunch of stories and humans are very programmable. And it's very difficult for humans to undo the programming. So you're naturally, if you're hearing this for the first time, you are like, nah, job is crazy. Uh, this can't possibly be true. But here's what you won't do. You won't test my theory for yourself. Go and get a book, like a modern book, check its source. Then check that book source. Then check, th- you won't do this. Now, I call this primary source research methodology. I've got an article about it at unjohnthebond.com, available for free. Multi-thousand word article, full of images, uh, well-structured article, explaining to you what I mean by this. What you will not do, even if you think I'm crazy, even if you think I'm making this up, even if you think I'm completely wrong, here's what you won't do. You won't test this theory for yourself. And here's how I know that, because I've been talking about this for years. And in the rare occasions where people do test it for themselves, I get an email, Right? or a message on Discord, I'll get a correspondence of some kind saying, words to the effect of, I tried what you said, and what you're saying is correct. Now sometimes there'll be a, I thought you were crazy, I'm sorry. Sometimes there'll be a, what you said kind of made sense to me, but I wanted to check it for myself. Everyone's um, path is different. But the center, the center of what they're saying is always the same, holy shit, man, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, I know, man. It's pretty full on. This place is not what we thought it was. And most people, even so-called awake people, will never come and meet us at the Wireframe Mesh. They won't. They won't. They won't do it. And I don't blame them. Because who, deep down, wants to consider the possibility that maybe this place has only been here for a couple hundred years? Who really wants to consider that? The corollaries of that are mind-bending. So it's better just to say, oh, JLB, he's crazy, man. He's just saying this for the clickbait. He doesn't really mean it. That guy's crazy. Stuff that guy, right? I don't blame you guys. I don't blame a single person for calling me crazy. I don't blame him. I do not blame you. And with that being said, why don't we go and check out the live stream chat. About 40 people watching live. Welcome to all of you. Let's see what these lovely people have to say about the history hoax. Let's take a look. Validation boy's in there. Validation boy. Hey, VB. Might be cool to get you in a future show at some point. Validation boys says JLB says don't wake up the normies. Hey normies, wake up the fake history. Look, I'm just putting these ideas out there, Phoebe. I'm just putting these ideas out there. No one's forced to watch this, listen to this, take it seriously. That's up to them. Hey, for all you guys know, I am a satirical skeptic, as less than idiot used to call me. This might all be satire, guys. How would you know? The only way to find out is to test this for yourself. Primary source research methodology. If I'm making this up, if I'm being satirical, and maybe I am there's one way to find out now you know plato was real right you know king tut really existed right you know the pyramids have been there for thousands you know that you know that right so you don't even need to go and double check don't worry about it forget about it not necessary a4 says taking a trip to tucson a4 i wonder if a4 is a member of johnthebond.com because i don't recognize that username but a4 seems to know more than the uh seems to know more than your average bear it says taking a trip to Tucson that's what we call it at JohnLabond.com taking a trip to Tucson and uh, this idea or this um, metaphor or analogy or allegory I'm not sure exactly the, the most appropriate word to use for it but this, this concept is borrowed from a film that was released around about the same time as The Matrix The Matrix, Dark City, The Truman Show they all came out in the, the late 1990s didn't they and there's a, there's, an, there's a film called The 13th Floor super underrated film and in that film, to cut a very long story short, let me just make sure that the, uh, what have we got on the screen here? The 13th floor, I'll just look like that. In this film called The 13th Floor, uh, what happens? Long story short, the, the guy gets a message saying, you need to take a trip to Tucson. And this guy's thinking, well, like, why? Because why he lives in some other town. But he knows that something's not right. So he's like, okay, I'll get a car and I'll drive to Tucson. Like, why not? I haven't I've never been there. I could use a... A drive, so I'll drive for a few hours, go see what's there. The further he gets from the city, i.e. the further he gets from the regular thought patterns, yeah, the regular belief systems of the people, the further he gets away, the more lonely it gets. There's almost nobody out there, okay? Just like if you trace the sources for so-called history, there's no one else doing that. It's just you. Yeah, maybe myself, uh, TNG from TNG Breaking Reality, some of the members of his site, some of the members of my site, sure. There's a few of us, but we're a drop, in the, a drop in the ocean, aren't we? No one else is doing this. You're going to be all alone out there and you'll keep you'll keep driving driving you're like hold on I should be getting to Tucson right now I should be getting to the primary sources of history right now but you'll see nothing and then suddenly it you'll see suddenly you will apostasy what's going on the wireframe mesh and that's what happens to that character don't want to spoil the film for you but uh, I do recommend you go and check it out the 13th floor that's what this is when you realise holy crap all of our uh, so called ancient civilization history is crap when you internalise that you now see something that the people around you can't see, won't see. Maybe better off not seeing. Perhaps yes. Okay, who else we got in the live stream chat? Lots of people having fun in there. Good to see you all. Empress Infinite says most books are just someone's idea. Yeah, that tends to be the case. More Mayor says, "Did you hear about scientific method? It is not that old." What did people use before that? There were no people before that. Mm-hmm. I intend to agree. Yes, indeed. All right, so let's go and check out the rest of this 37 things. Just Let's just do one more item, because there's some clips I want to play. I'm already halfway through the show. The Bible was written thousands of years ago. The average person, whether they are a so-called Christian or a so-called atheist or anything else, tends to believe the Bible is a couple thousand years old, right? Because, you know, we're in the year 2021 20, now, and... Uh, you know, Jesus was around about 2,000 years ago, you know, 2021 AD. That's like AD for after death of Jesus. Is that what it stands for? Gee, I'm not sure. But a couple of thousand years ago is, uh, is when the Bible, you know, was uh, was written. Even if it's not true, even if it, even the people who wrote the, the Bible don't really, uh, they they, don't, they never met Jesus or they never spoke to God, or even if this is just the ramblings of a bunch of crazy religious wounds, it was a couple of thousand years ago, is what I think the average normally believes. I suspect this is the case. Here's the thing. I tried to trace the sources of the so-called Bible. I'm like, okay, where's, where's the Bible come from? Maybe it's 2,000 years old. I don't know. So what I did was I took the time to trace the sources. And what I discovered shook me to the depths of my miserable soul. And if you're interested in this topic, check out johnlapond.com. Just type in Bible in the search bar. It'll come up with my research into this. It took days and days to trace through the sources of this one. This was a very difficult not to crack this one. Because say with... Um, ancient egypt or ancient china whatever because that's meant to be an academic field of history they give you they generally give you the footnotes and references so you can go and double check of course no one does that's how the whole ruse can uh, can keep going but at least they give you something to work with with the bible where's the footnotes and the references for the bible where are they're they not in there so 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 actually try and track down hold on how do they know like where's the bible come from they weren't writing english two thousand years ago okay so the Bible that we have today in English is a translation. So when did it get translated to English? What was it translated from? Does that copy still exist? or do those copies still exist, etc? And to cut a very long story short, it uh, turns out that about 150, 170 years ago, oh, there's just some dude who's trying to track down uh, the Bible, and he happens upon a, a monastery and he notices them this is the story this is the official story guys. He notices them uh, burning, burning some old papyrus or some old books. And he's like, hey, what are you doing over there? They're like, oh, we just want some heat, so we're just going to burn some old books. And he's like, give me a look at those books before you burn them. And he's like, "By crikey. This is the Bible, guys. This is what this is the bloody Bible you're burning here. Give me those. Stop it. Stop burning those books, you idiot monks. Now, you might, if you haven't heard this before, you might be like, JLB, I know you're making that story up. That's a crazy story. That cannot be the official story. Once again, guys, maybe I'm JLB, the satirical skeptic. Maybe less than idiom uh, got me. When he described me that, or he, or she, or it, uh, whatever, whatever the hell Lester is, maybe Lester was right. Maybe I'm being satirical, guys. Go and look into it. Go and look into the Bible. Really comes from. If you take the time, and it will take you some time, you'll you'll find yourself sitting there reading, reading the screen or whatever it is that you're reading, thinking, what the hell? How come no one told me this before? Who's going to tell you? The lemmings sitting at home, yeah, watching their so you think you can dance or their American Idol finals, yeah. Or on their social media, scrolling to see if if their friends have uh, uploaded any photos of them, you know, wearing makeup, looking all pretty and stuff, right? Like, what, you think those people are going to come and tell you the truth? Or the TV, the the news presenter, you think he or she is going to say, hey, guys, by the way, forget about the the bushfires and the burning houses and the the police um, coming to get you because you're not wearing a mask. Forget about those stories. Today, we have to talk about something very important. turns out that history is a lie. You think they're going to do that for you? No. No, they're not. No, they're not. Oh, and you think the so-called alternative media is gonna tell you this stuff? The so-called alternative media? Give me a break. No one is gonna come and tell you this apart from a a select few people, and I happen to be one of those people. Now, don't believe me. Go and check for yourself, and in maybe a week or two, maybe a month, I'll get an email from you saying, JLB, um, I'm a bit concerned, because I think what you were saying was true. I'm like, don't be concerned. There's a few of us here at the wireframe Mesh. Join the club. Join the club. I brought an esky full of beautiful uh, Czech beers. Yeah, yeah, boy. Welcome to the wireframe Mesh. That's right. Okay, so enough about all of that. That is 37 things noise believe. We've only got through 12, okay? Pilot episode uh, 0, and then 00 got through the first 10 between them. Today we got through the next two, but we are fast running out of time. Let's go to the live stream chat, read some live stream comments. 50 people watching live right now so overthought says or ask a question rather what year did they think it was in 5 bc excellent question I the one of that too i'm like i remember as a kid i was wondering about this like so before it got to ad did people know that something big was going to happen and they were counting down the days can you imagine how exciting that would be if you're a kid and you know you're going to whatever rudimentary version of school they've got back two thousand years ago or two and a half thousand years ago whatever and you're like what year is it now oh it's it's 73 bc what year was it last year? 74 BC. Next year will be 72. That's right. What happens when we get to zero? Oh, something big's going to happen. Yeah, what? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. The Son of God's coming. The Son of God? Yeah, that's right. And then once He gets here, and then once He's dead, then we're going to start counting up. Yeah. So if you make it to if you make it to 80 years, little Billy boy, you'll get to see the Son of God. Very exciting. That would actually that would be exciting. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? That would be, wow, the son of God? That's right. Will we know that he's the son of God? Uh, probably not. He'll just be a carpenter. Okay, cool. Well, I'll stick around for that. Yeah, boy. A call Day 2323 two, three says, The whole BC and AD dates are suspect AF. Like, when did they know when year one was? See, these are good questions, guys. These are good questions. And that's what this show is all about. So what we're going to do, I'm going to play for you the, uh, the voicemails that were left at uh, apostasy.com once again guys apostasy spelt s rather than s-y okay apostasy.com check it out the voicemail very easy to leave a voicemail which two people did before we get to that i want to just read out a little thing i put together explaining what i'm trying to do with this with this series okay and i was going to read this out at the start but uh, i forgot now The Apostasy Show is a weekly broadcast centered on questioning what we believe and why we believe. You're invited to be part of the fun. Check out apostasy.com to leave a comment or voicemail to be read out or played during the following episode. Okay, so as I said, this presentation is being streamed via the Dark Matter Digital Network in association with the Infinite Plane Society. $2 a month. Join the Discord. Have some fun. I guarantee you will not regret it. You can find all of our episodes at the website apostasyshow.com or just apostasy.com. There you can leave your audio messages as we've described before. Now, new episodes are streamed every Monday, beginning at midday US Eastern time. Just on the the time that time works really well for me. I'm here in Bulgaria uh, at the moment and I plan to stay here guys for as long as I can. And so if I start at 7 p.m. my time, that means I can finish the first uh, hour by about 8 p.m. Then I can take a quick break, drink some beautiful Bulgarian water, come back for the after show where I can just chill out a little bit. If I've had a productive week, I can maybe, maybe even reward myself with a cheeky little Czech beer if I like maybe, and just chill out. The time zone works for me. And for those of you in the, in the US, this can be your new Monday morning, or if in the, the East Coast, early afternoon routine, pencil it in, okay? Every week, Monday, start your week with the Apostasy Show. That's my plan, and so far, so good. Now, this is an entirely independent production made possible by supporters from all around the world. At the moment, the members of JohnLeBon.com are the ones making this possible. Who knows what the future might hold, but for now, this really is a John LeBond production, but under a different uh, banner, Apostasy, and I hope to build this as its own thing. I want Apostasy to be its own thing. It, of course, will be available to members of JohnLebon.com. That goes without saying, but uh, I want to build this into something of its own. And uh, over time, I think we'll do that. But a huge thanks to all the members of JohnLebon.com who make all of this possible. You know who you are. Now, check out apostasy.com to find out how you can get involved by sharing your treasure, your time, or your talent. So I'll give me an example about that. Take the Infinite Plan Society uh, Patreon. You've got people there who are giving their time. People call in to Tim's show. I personally think one of the best things about his show is the people who call in. Some of his calls are fantastic. Sometimes they stay there for five minutes. Sometimes they stay for an hour. I think Lynn stayed for two hours and every minute of the two hours was entertaining. That's Lynn and the other callers giving their time to help make the, make the show and make the project what it is. Then you've got people giving their talents. People making all those gifts, making all the memes, making the, the South Pole episodes. That's people giving their, their talent. Right? Now there are some people who maybe don't have the time or don't feel they have the talent. Guess what they can give? Their treasure, a month, that's nothing. And of course, some people give more than that as well. That's what I'm hoping to do here with apostasy. Give your time, your talent, or your treasure. Give your time by leaving an audio voice message or leaving a comment in the mailbag. Give your talents, and I'll talk more about what I'm hoping to do on that front in the future. Or uh, give your treasure. That's right, give your treasure, which is what the people at johnthebond.com are doing. So a big thanks to all of them. Now, what is apostasy? According to the Cambridge Dictionary, apostasy is... The act of giving up your religious or political beliefs and leaving behind a religion or a political party. According to Wikipedia, apostasy is embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs. One who undertakes apostasy is known as an apostate. And I put to you guys, you lovely people in the live stream chat and listening all over the world, either live or on delay, that you guys are also, most of you, apostates. You used to believe in a whole bunch of things because you were raised as a kid to believe in them. You've since realized they're not true. So many of these things. Now, if you talk about these things with friends, family, acquaintances, workmates, etc., what happens? What happens most of the time? They don't want to hear it. So what do they do? They try and persuade you to stop. They start putting pressure on you to stop questioning. If you keep going, they will start to shun you, ostracize you, mock you, belittle you. Eventually, you'll be cast away. Why? 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 Is belief in outer space, like, is that... Is that like a religious tenet? Like, why are you... Tr- how come if I question if space is real, for argument's sake, how come you're getting mad at me? Like, how come you can't just believe and then I won't believe? You know, or if this is meant to be about science and not faith, then shouldn't you have some empirical evidence? That's what science is meant to be about, isn't it? Why are you getting mad at me? Now, of course, let me know why they're getting mad because they, the people who are still stuck in scientism, they don't realize they've been raised in a religious cult, as Tim would call it, a doomsday cult. They don't realize, and it's not their fault. They're not bad people. But you are committing an act of apostasy by going down this path of questioning things. And guess what? So am I. So are many of us all around the world. Some argue that there's more and more people waking up every day. I don't know about that. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't, I don't know. But there are are hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people right now who are out there seriously questioning what they were told as kids. And in doing so, they are committing apostasy. Basically, apostasy is the act of leaving behind your old belief systems. So if you have begun to peer behind the curtain, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, then you probably realize that you were taught things as a child that simply are not true. And you probably also realize that if you simply question the orthodoxy of our day, it can make regular folk around you rather uncomfortable. Some people are not ready for these kinds of conversations. And in many cases, they never will be. Period. But here at the Apostasy Show, we're making Apostasy great again. It's okay to question what we think we know, and that's the whole point of the Apostasy Show. I'm your host, John the Bond. I was meant to read that at the beginning, but I uh, kind of got time got away from me. So hopefully that gives you an idea of what I'm trying to do with the show. Now let's play this clip. This was left by this was left by C Bass. I'm gonna play this right now. So I asked people to leave their comments for this first ever episode of The Apostasy Show. We got two comments. The first comes to us from Seabass. Check this out Thank you very much.
1: Hey, hi, John LeBond. My name is Seabass. I'm uh, here in Canada. I've been loving uh, going through your videos. It's, um, it's, it's changing the way I look at the world, and I appreciate it. Um, one philosophical... Uh, w- one thing I noticed, though, is that... Um, and it's a bit worrisome for me is that um, with your voice and and your sort of appeal to my uh, greater intelligence, you could basically say anything and make it sound believable to me. Uh, For example, I I had a thought experiment once. I imagined you saying, come on now, guys. You really think there's something, there's such a thing as a a Russian language out there? Uh, You mean to tell me there's really people speaking Russian out there? This whole nonsense language,
0: come on, guys, come on. The Russian language hoax, yes, yes, indeed. I get what he's saying. Thank you, thank you very much, Sebas, for the comment, and I'm super impressed that someone has that kind of level of self-awareness. We as humans, so-called human beings, are very suggestible creatures, and this is especially show, especially so rather when we are in groups. There was a guy called Gustave Lebon. Did he really exist? I don't know, but he wrote a book, or someone wrote a book under his name called The Crowd. It was actually written in French, but uh, translated into English. And when I read that a few years ago, one of the main things I took from it was this idea of you can be in a crowd without realizing that you're in a crowd. And guess what the internet is today? It is a crowd. So even if you're all alone, you're sitting there on your couch, you've got a, a game of basketball on in the background or something, and you're scrolling through your Twitter feed or through your Instagram feed. Yes, you're all alone in the physical sense, but in a psychological sense, possibly even in a spiritual or metaphysical sense, we'll save those discussions for another time. You're actually in a crowd. And we are influenced by that crowd because now you can see what are people saying, what are people doing, what are people with thumbs up, thumbs down, what is the crowd? Now, you might not be consciously thinking about that, but I put to you that all of us are affected by that, seriously affected by it. This is especially so when we're in Discord rooms or Skype chats where we're surrounded by people who have certain belief systems that are reinforcing one another. And then, doubly especially so, when those belief systems are so different to the everyday person, all of a sudden you get people who their family, their friends their uh, their children, all these people they can't talk about this stuff with those people without being shunned. That person now goes into a group into a crowd where their beliefs are being reinforced, being supported, being uh, thumbs up, you know voted up, and stuff like that. That person can and will be swept up in that unless they're very, very conscious of what's going on. And most people can't be conscious because they don't have the self-awareness to say, you know what, I can be influenced by people. So when CBAS here says, Joby, I'm concerned that uh, if you were to say something completely crazy, I might actually go along with it. That level of self-awareness is required to have any chance of avoiding the, the groupthink and the hive mind. And most people don't have that level of self-awareness. I wanted to spend more time talking about this, but we already got 45 minutes into the show. So I'll just uh, make this point. Back in 2015, when the, the flat earth thing got big, and I used to host the Baller Skeptic Roundtable. And we had all these different guests on. It was a lovely show. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Matrix Deco, David Weiss did a great job as the co-panelists. It was a fantastic series. We used to have after calls. And uh, this was all done via Google Hangouts. And at the same time, there were lots of these flat earthers popping up having these um, Skype calls. Hours and hours and hours a day of Skype calls these people were having. And sometimes i would pop in. Sometimes i would be invited, what have you. But I got this feel for what was going on. And it occurred to me that what was happening was people were reinforcing each other's uh, beliefs, not just with the flat Earth, but in particular, that was the talking point at the time. Fast forward a few years, and I can tell you that I run a Discord server of my own, and um, at, at at its peak, there was about one hundred and twenty people who were members of johnabond.com. There were only about a hundred, I think, because we had um, about twenty twenty-five members who were just members for one year. Had something called a twenty twenty membership last year, so it was like a one-off payment. You were a member for the whole year of 2020. By the way, the same thing's available right now. For a one-off payment, you can join JohnTheBond.com and be a member for the rest of this year, get access to all the content published this year. It's a fantastic deal. Well, last year, about 25 people took up the last year's version of that offer. And so at one point, the, the website had about 120 members, give or take. And on the Discord, most of them are on the Discord. Um, and then sometimes you get calls with two, three, four, five, six, ten 10 people. And it occurred to me at a certain point that we were all, I mean it was a lot of fun, sometimes we just sit around and drink and talk shit, it was a lot of fun, I really enjoyed it. But it did occur to me at one point that some of the ideas that people were sharing with each other, that there was this runaway sort of like the analogy of the snowball, going down a mountain, growing in size, now I don't know if snowballs really do that, I mean I'm in a snowy town right now, like I live right next to the slopes here, it's great. If you roll a snowball down a hill, does it really keep getting bigger as it goes? I don't know. But we've all seen that kind of depiction of it. And uh, as an analogy or a metaphor, I think this can happen when we're in these little online groups, especially those of us who are willing to consider taboo topics, willing to think outside the box. I think people can get carried away. And I think even myself for a period there last year might have gotten a little bit carried away at times. I think it's natural. And so the point I'm trying to make to you here, CBAS, is at least you have the self-awareness to realize, hold on, I could get carried away here. And, uh, and we as humans certainly can get carried away. The point I would make is if I ever say to you that the uh, Russian language is a hoax, for instance, or if I ever say to you something that just seems completely outlandish, all you can do is say, okay, that's an idea. If you want to double check it, that's, that's the way to, to verify it, uh, to simply take, take anything I say on, on face value. You're opening yourself up to being misled. Okay, now, do I plan to mislead anybody? No, but of course I would say that. Take a topic like the history hoax. I'm saying that if you check the sources, you won't get back more than a couple hundred years. That's something you can check for yourself, independent of John LeBond, independent of and TNG Breaking Reality and all these people who've done wonderful work at our two sites, because uh, members of my site and members of TNG's site have taken the time to do and it takes so much time to do this and then to write it up, and it's a very frustrating process because when you're trying to do this research, you're looking for the source. So you look here, you can't find it. So then you look over there, you can't find it. You kind of feel like a creature in like um, some kind of invisible dome. You try and walk this way, you bump into something. Okay, I'll, I'll go this other way. And it's just so, it's such a tiring process. But if you do it, I put to you, you will find that there's no sources for history. But until you check, it actually makes sense to have this idea in your head that maybe JLB is telling the truth, but maybe JLB is a satirical skeptic, talking shit, for clickbait or for amusement or for whatever purpose I might have. Yeah, not just you, see Bass, but everybody. I hope you are skeptical of this. The thing about skepticism, though, is it isn't just saying, well, I don't believe. Skepticism, as I've defined it on my website, there's another article that talks about this, isn't just saying, I believe or I don't believe. Do the work, do the research, go and check. Right? That's what skepticism is. And I was very tempted to call this show the skeptic show. I ended up going with apostasy because I think there'll be more apostates in the audience than skeptics because real skepticism involves doing the work and other people don't have the time, the energy, whatever. And that I don't blame them for not doing it. But then they're not really skeptics like me. They're still apostates because they're walking around from their religion, same as I have. But they're not really sceptics because 'cause they're not doing the work. TNG's done the work. Members of my side have done the work. Members of his side have done the work. There's a there's a bunch of us who've done the work. Now those guys can come back to me and say, JLB I checked you were right. Now if I say to them, hey this other thing's a hoax, they've got more reason to believe me. But even then, if it's if it's on a field that's not history they'd still be crazy to, to believe anything I'm saying on, on face value. Because, uh, I, firstly, I could be wrong. I could be sincere and wrong. Or I could be insincere and wrong. Or insincere and intentionally. Like, how would you know, Bass? But I'm impressed by his self-awareness. Let's keep playing this clip. I don't believe it.
1: So <laughs> that's just an example of how um, your appeal to my greater intelligence can make me believe anything sometimes. So I've been, I've been careful with it, but, um, but I do appreciate your method.
0: That's the important thing, like being careful. Not careful as in, ooh, that's dangerous. Careful as in, hold on, why am I believing, JLB, or why am I believing these pa-? I'll give an example. I was chatting with a couple of really intelligent dudes a few months ago, and this idea of the fake animals came up. And I'd been speaking about the toucan hoax and the angelfish hoax, and so I'm chatting with these two dudes, and I got the impression that maybe they'd been chatting themselves a little bit, and this idea came up of um, fake uh, gorillas or primates or whatever, and it was all very interesting, and I enjoyed the conversation a lot. But I got the impression, at a certain point, I had to sort of say, "Hold on, let's just pause it here, guys. <laughs> let's just pause this. You're speaking to me like you think this is a fact, like you're certain about it. Have we gone from thought experiment into you're certain that this is a man? Innocent? Like, you're, to me, you're kind of confusing the theory with the evidence, with the outcome, with the conclusion." Where are you at with this? Because you're talking very confidently right now. And then we all sort of took a deep breath and actually, you know what? Yeah, like, you know, there's almost like this um, collective pause, like, hold on, yeah, like maybe we are getting carried away. This does happen to us as humans.
1: It's a questioning reality. So, so I'm on board. Um, my, my real question is, uh, I'm really interested in the dino hoax, the war hoax. I'm, I'm just interested to see if you've ever put your um, war hoax ideas to, uh, to a war veteran?
0: To a war veteran, no. To people who've been in the military, yes. And I've yet to find a single one who can tell me that they've sh- shot at somebody or been shot at. I've heard second and hurt third hand stories, but no one I know who's been in the military, and I know a few people, no one has said to me, oh yeah, I shot at someone you know, in Afghanistan or Iraq or in East Timor, no, no one, not a single person. Not a single person, not one, not one, no. But I have spoken to war, uh, to sorry, to military veterans, including Dave J, who says that he was in the, the Navy. I can't confirm that he was, but the way he speaks, uh, he's either putting on a very impressive act or he's speaking the truth. And he was the one who, before me, successfully propagated the war hoax notion. And I'll put a link to my chat with him in the info box. below. here's good news for you, by the way, CBAS. You can check out my war hoax material, my dino hoax material. You can check out everything because you've just won yourself a 2021 membership on the house uh, for the rest of the month, What in our February, you've got access to everything published this year for the rest of February. So basically two weeks to check out all the content that's there. In fact, I'll make it a full membership. You've just got a full membership, full access to the archives for the next two weeks. Uh, send me an email and I will hook you up with that because you're the first person to get on the audio voice message thing. I really appreciate that. So all the material you wanna check out, brother, won't cost you a cent.
1: I, I'd love to hear that interview. Um, a lot of the free links on your website have been taken down on YouTube.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, my first channel was deleted. Had seven thousand subscribers. I've been slowly but surely re-uploading all of those videos on this content. But um, yeah, it must be frustrating if you're new to the site and you haven't got a membership. All of the old free stuff on YouTube has not all of it. Some of it has uh, disappeared. I I can imagine that would be frustrating. So I'm sure that's a pain for you too. Yeah, it is. But uh, you know, YouTube's a free service, so I can't. A lot of people sit here and complain. Oh, YouTube deleted me. It's like, bro, it's a free service, all right? why don't you do what i do pay your own web host pay your own i mean my costs running all of this might be more than some people realize but it's worth the money because guess what the people you pay are less likely to get rid of you okay the web i've never been booted by a web host by a video host by an audio none of them you know why because i'm paying them cold hard cash i'm paying them money so now i'm a customer whereas youtube hold on a second uh you're not the you're not paying them you're nothing to them if they don't want you that's just the fact of the matter
1: Uh, But there's some that I just can't go deeper because the links are taken down.
0: Well, you can go deeper now, like I said. Uh, Full membership for the rest of February. My way of thanking you for being the first person to leave a voice comment.
1: Um, But that's beyond your control. Anyway, John, thanks a bunch. And uh, I am so happy for this show, so happy to call. And uh, I'll talk to you in person someday. Cheers.
0: I look forward to that. So you get in touch with me, uh, John, uh, email, contacts are all available at JohnTheBond.com. So the next thing, and by the way, thank you very much for leaving that comment. Now, the next one comes to us from a fellow who calls himself Angus. He might be the Angus who's a member of JohnTheBond.com, but there's a couple of Anguses who leave comments. I'm not sure which one's the member and which one is not, so uh, please forgive me if this is the member. uh, Please forgive me for not knowing that for sure, but it can be tough to keep uh, track of all of the the people. But let's hear from Angus.
1: Do you think the super-rich Guggenheim, Aster, and Strauss who are on the Titanic really existed?
0: So the question is, do I think the Guggenheim, Aster, Strauss, super-rich on the Titanic really existed? Excellent question. First of all, I don't believe there ever was a Titanic that sunk. Okay, I don't believe that story is real. And I've got content about this uh, at JohnTheBond.com and Angus, if you're already a member, then you've probably already heard my chat with TNG and others about the Titanic hoax. But if you're not a member, guess what? You've also just won. Full membership for the rest of February. Get in touch with me, johnabond.com, and you can go and check out that previous material. I don't believe the Titanic ever existed, and this is not just me saying that. I spent several days. I was in Saigon at the time. I, remember it really, I always remember where I was when I was doing research and producing content. So this would have been the middle of 2019, so we're talking 18 months ago. <laughs> Coming up on two years ago, just time flies. I don't believe the Titanic ever existed. I don't think it sunk. I don't think any of that's real. Oh, but JLB, man, how about the footage they've got of the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean? Oh, yeah, who do you think brought you that footage? Okay, but don't have time to get to that right now. But um, I don't believe they existed. Now, in terms of this idea that there were these super wealthy... Cuz you know that story? Oh, the, there were lots of wealthy people on that boat, and, and they were killed, you know, something to do with the Federal Reserve and all this nonsense. No, I don't believe... Uh, look, are there wealthy families? Yeah, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. And I think they... Many of them probably live or have uh, significant uh, holdings, property holdings in places like um, Luxembourg... Uh, Switzerland, and what's that other one? There's those two little countries. I should know I'm in Europe now. I really should know My drink is terrible. Luxembourg, and what's the other little country? They will come to me. I think maybe these families have, um, you know, they kind of, they run those, those territories uh, they, that's where they tend to live, that's where they go to school, whatever. I'm sure there are very wealthy families who live a life that I can't even imagine, right? And that most of us, if we're being honest, we can't even imagine what it's like to be born into serious wealth. Uh, I'm sure they do exist, but in terms of the Guggenheims or the Asters or others, I have no information. What's uh, Angus? You would know way more than me. It sounds like you would know way more than me about that. But no, I don't believe they were on some boat that sunk because of an ice
1: iceberg. Get ahead.
0: No, I don't believe any of that. But like I said, you before you arrive at any conclusions, uh, get in touch with me, and I will send. I will take care of a, a membership for JohnTheBond.com for you for the rest of February. Go right back through the archives. Download everything you want. So even though it's only for the, next, for the rest of uh, February, you'll have all the stuff you want. You can listen to it at your own leisure. And there's hundreds of hours of content at thebond.com. Hundreds of hours of well-produced, heavily edited, beautiful-sounding podcasts, videos, a whole lot, articles. It's just phenomenal what's there. And you've got access to all of it. So get in touch with me, contact information at thebond.com.
1: And do you believe Benjamin Guggenheim was one of seven Jewish brothers?
0: Listen, Benjamin Guggenheim, I don't even think I've heard this name before. If I have, I don't remember it. So, Angus, you would know way more than me. Maybe for next week you can leave a, a comment, like leave an audio thing sort of explaining for us to, to hear. But I I don't know anything about uh, this Benjamin Guggenheim, to be perfectly frank. Thanks. No, thank you very much. Like I said, get in touch and I'll take care of it. So, uh, big thanks to both CBAS and to Angus. Remember, guys, any of you can leave a comment like that at apostasy.com. Just go to voicemail. If you're too timid to go put your voice on the air, I understand, then just go to the mail back. And the thing about the voicemail too is some people uh, they, they're afraid their voice won't sound good. I've had lots of people tell me, oh, I don't want to go on your, your member calls because I'm you know, I don't think my voice sounds good, blah blah blah. They're usually wrong, usually their voices are fine. But if that's you, the thing with this voicemail thing is that it will record what you say and then let you play it back before it sends it to me. So if you if you record something, you listen back, you're like, oh no, I don't want that to be on JLB show, okay then just delete it. Try again. If, if you try a couple times and you just you can't bring yourself to press send, okay, it, that's as far as it goes. So don't be timid, don't be afraid. Do what Seabass and Angus did. Help make this show better by giving your time, and then I can respond to what you said. I'm sure the viewers enjoy it. Speaking of which, we've come to the end of the hour. Let me just go and read a couple of comments from the live stream chat. About 50 people are watching live right now. Lots of people in there. Goodness gracious me. Uh, lost spy LSP as I like to call him is in the live stream chat good to see him there Tokyo Matt says the call-ins are the best I think he's referring to uh, IPS's show but I'm hoping to make these um, audio messages the centerpiece of this show I think they work out really well CBass says good point JLB about overthought great response stay skeptical hey thank you CBass I really appreciate the kind words it means a lot overthought says that is so sweet great call CBass yes I agree Obrick says, My granddad lived through both world wars and wasn't drafted because he had a bad knee. The official story says they were sending young teenagers. Guess he was just lucky. Hmm. Fascinating, isn't it? Some of these things that don't make sense when you really think through them. I wanted to say a big thanks to there's Two or three mods in the live stream chat. The mods that I've given that little wrench thing to are always terrific. They don't delete people for no reason. They don't... There's no um, ego. Oh, let's just delete people for no reason. People who walk in the live stream chat... And I think the mods are doing a great job. So big thanks to the mods. If you ever do get moderated and you think it's unfair in one of my live streams, just contact me. The contact information is available at johnlabon.com. And I will try to rectify it. I'll try and fix it. But I think the mods are very fair. I think they've done a great job tonight. Now, Angus says he's already a member. I thought that might be the same Angus. Okay, that's cool. That's uh, Well, thank you very much, Angus, for being one of the first two people to ever be uh, featured as the voicemail call-ins here on the Apostasy Show. It is at the hour, and I want to keep this to an hour, but I cannot finish this stream without playing these two clips. I love them so much. This is Harley Guy from 9-11. I'll just play a few seconds of this. This is from the day of 9-11, supposedly. This is Harley Guy, so called cool because he's wearing a shirt with Harley on the front, the Harley logo. Apparently, this guy saw the the towers come tumbling down. Check this out. Tumbling down. Uh, we want to bring in Mark Walsh, who's a, a freelancer for Fox. You live just a few blocks away and witnessed... Dude, I witnessed the entire thing from beginning to end. Dude, I, was, I, was, I live on the 43rd floor of a building which is 5 blocks from the World Trade Center itself. I witnessed the entire thing from beginning to end. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and ream into the side of the twin towers, exploding through the other side. And then I witnessed both towers collapse, one first and then second, mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. People talk about how it looked like a movie. I know when I came walking down here early this morning and saw both towers on fire and people on every street corner, it was it was, it was was like a movie. But you watched the planes hit the towers. I was watching with my roommate. It was
1: approximately several minutes after the first plane had hit. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just ream right into the side of the twin tower, exploding through the other side. And then I witnessed both towers collapse, one first and then the second, mostly
0: due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. Mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. He's giving this interview a couple of hours after it happened. Goodness gracious me, Mark Harley Guy Walsh. Now, Bin Laden's cave. So this is Rumsfeld, okay, giving an interview on some television station talking about Bin Laden has these super-duper caves under the ground. All right, you're not going to believe it. This is. I mean, these guys mean, this is serious business
1: there was constant discussion about him hiding out in caves and I think many times the American people have a perception that it's a little hole dug out of a side of a mountain. Oh no. This is it. This is a fortress. Yes. A complex multi-tiered bedrooms and offices on the top as you can see secret exits on the side and and on the bottom cut deep to avoid thermal detection a ventilation system to allow people to breathe and to carry on the entrances large enough to drive trucks and even tanks even computer systems and telephone systems. It's a very sophisticated operation. Oh, you bet. This is serious business. And and there's not one of those. There are many of those.
0: There's not one of those. There's many of those super sophisticated underground bunkers where Osama bin Laden and all of his evil do bad buddies are hanging out just plotting to kill innocent people like you, me, and everybody we care about. And there's not one of those. There's many of those. Goodness gracious me. So this has been the first official episode of the Apostasy Show. A, oh boy, I'm gonna get better, guys. Give me a couple of weeks, I'll get right back into the swing of things. I've gotta to learn to take a nice big deep breath before I start saying the uh, the end of the call. So I wanna say a big thanks to all the people in the live stream chat. Uh, once again, Angus and Seabass for leaving those comments. And guys, this is gonna be every Monday from midday US Eastern. This is gonna be what we do, the first hour here on YouTube streaming uh, via YouTube for as long as they, they let me stay, and then I'll just find another way to stream the first hour. Also being simulcast via the Dark Matter Digital Network in conjunction with the Infinite Planet Society. Once again, $2 to join IPS's uh, Patreon. Whether you're a big fan of Tim, you've never heard of Tim, even if maybe you're still a bit upset that Tim exposed some of the charlatans of the flat-earth scene a few years ago, even if you're still upset at him, it, you're only cutting off your nose to spite your face by not joining that Discord and just checking it out and you will see that something very special is that he's built there. He's got people giving their time, giving their talent, and uh, you can join by giving $2 of treasure, which is nothing. Go and check that out. Big thanks to Tim Ford he's doing at Dark Matter Digital Network. I think if the right people support him, he could take us to the top. That's my hope. That's my plan. And uh, I think apostasy can be a big part of that, and that's my plan. So this is John Le coming to you from Bulgaria. Beautiful Bulgaria. Just give me another sip of water before I do the sign-off. The next couple of episodes are going to be very similar to this. Kind of clip shows, uh, just going through one or two or three or four of the, or or ten of the 37 things I always believe, just so that that by the end of the first two pilots and the first two or three official episodes, you've got a strong idea of where I'm coming from with what I'm talking about and why I'm talking about it. And uh, I've still got a few more things I want to put together to help make the production values of this show, uh, the first hour especially, even better. But I think this has been a great start. So thanks to people in the live stream chat. Thanks to all the members of JohnTheBond.com. You all know who you are. Without your support, this wouldn't happen. So if you think this was fun or entertaining, don't thank me, thank the members. And if you think that this work is important in any way, don't thank me. I couldn't do it without the members. Some of you have been supporting my work for years and years now, and I truly do appreciate it. The second hour, the after show of this show, begins in five minutes at the JLB Discord. So I hope to see lots of the members there. And that will be available for download as an MP3 uh, within a couple of hours of conclusion. I'm just going to record it. There might be a few members there with me to chat. And um, I'm not going to waste my time like I used to uh, editing the hell out of it I've got a different podcast series for that this is just going to be like a live radio and then recorded uploaded and uh, all the members can enjoy so apostasy.com for all of the episodes past future and present if you're listening to this in the future apostasy.com that's apostasy spelled s w e but you can also use apostasy show apostasy spelled the old fashioned way I've got a few domains all redirected to apostasy a p o s t a s w apostasy.com this is the apostasy show I'm John the Bond coming to you, as I said, from Bulgaria. Feb 15, 2021. This has been the first hour. The other Show begins in five minutes. I hope to see you guys there. But until next time, I hope you all take wonderful care of yourselves and check out Dark Matter Digital Network and the Infinite Plane Society Patreon. And uh, that'll do us. So I'll see you in uh, five minutes. Cheers, guys.